Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you that you touch every life, and I thank you this isn't just a normal Sunday morning. We come expecting for what you're going to do this morning, Father God. Not my plan, but the Holy Ghost plan. And we thank you, Lord. We expect the supernatural. We expect what you're getting ready to do today. And we thank you, Lord, any, any person who's been struggling or burdened with the spirit of heaviness. Thank you, Lord. Today, that falls off in the mighty name of Jesus. And we praise you. We give glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hallelujah. Um, on a good note, I finally took all the papers out of my Bible. I told Pastor Megan back there, I was like, every time I was preaching, you know, I, I would move this way and all my papers would fall out and I'd be like, but I'm just, I'm moving around, you know, I got to move. So yeah, thank you, Kathy. Kathy approves. So I appreciate that. If you're taking notes, um, I have two different titles, so I'm just going to give them to you both. It's Laughter 101, Learn to Laugh. <laughs> And Miss Jean gets an A-plus so far. Amen. <laughs> She's already learned. <laughs> we better get up here, get her up here, and teach y'all how to do it, too. <laughs> I want to start in Proverbs 31, verse 25. And I'll give y'all a second to turn there. Um, and you know, what a weird place to start, because we're starting in the whole chapter about women. <laughs> we obviously don't have all women in here, but you will see. In just a minute, where we're going with this. Um, praise the Lord. Chapter 31, verse 25. Amen. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read. So it says, Strength and honor are her clothing, and she will rejoice in time to come. And another translation says that she laughs without fear of the future. And so this is talking about you know, a woman of God, a virtuous woman. Um, and so in this whole passage, they're bringing out all of these traits that should be in a woman of God. And so, you know, I would read this oftentimes and go, oh, yeah, yeah, this is great. She wakes up early, and I said, oh, no, no, Lord, let me sleep. <laughs> but, you know, he's talking about a woman of God. What does she do? Why does a woman of God laugh without fear of the future? Have you ever thought about that? It's because she's full of joy. She's full of the joy of the Holy Ghost. And so, you know, a lot of times this can look very interesting. And I'll tell you the one time I had revelation of this Bible verse. And it was, you know, I was talking to a family member who kind of fell away from the Lord, unfortunately. Um, I was sitting at lunch, and this was back when um, all of this stuff was going on with Putin. You know, and, and he was talking about how terrible all these things are happening, people dying, da-da-da. And I just start laughing. And I go, ha-ha. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? I just start laughing. And I mean, like, really like a belly laugh, not just a chuckle. Like I said, ha-ha. And they were like, that is so disrespectful of you. People are dying. Why are you laughing? And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> but 
but it's because I'm so full of joy. And you know why I laughed in that situation was because it doesn't matter what the devil brings against the people of God. You know, you can laugh in the face of the devil. And so even though I looked like I was an absolute mockery, I started laughing. And, and you know, the reason that you can laugh, it's not that you're being disrespectful towards people. You're being disrespectful to the devil. There's a big difference. And so, honestly, I probably would not just walk up to people that are suffering and in pain and go, ha, look at you. But I sure am going to say that to the devil. Because let me tell you something, the devil, he's out to kill you. You know, and the sooner that you face that fact, the better it is for you. Because if the devil is going to be so violent and so against me, why can't I be against him? You know, he's so, he's so out to get you, and he doesn't just want to make you have a bad day. That's not what the devil's out for. That's something that he does. But his end goal, he wants to absolutely destroy and obliterate you. He doesn't want you to see the kingdom of God. He doesn't want you to see the goodness of God. He wants you to die. And that's, you know, probably my arch nemesis. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And that's a good thing. But anyway, I want to read Psalm chapter 2, verse 4. And I'm going to go back off of what I just said. Um, and wow, my Bible. I love my Bible because it just opens up right wherever I want it. I should get a piece of candy for this, man. Working hard. <laughs> Psalm chapter 2, verse 4. So this is talking about the Lord. Um, you know, let's start in verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Oh, oh no. The people are taking, they're making plans against me. They're out to destroy me. They're trying to attack me personally. People at work, they don't want you to succeed, da-da-da. Oh, no. And so it gets better than that, praise God. Let us tear off their bonds and cast away their ropes from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. What, what an unserious God. How dare he make such a mockery? I'm... People are plotting against me, and my God is going to sit up there, not do anything, and he's just going to laugh? Are you kidding me? How, how rude. What a mockery. But let me tell you something. Actually, with this word laughs, I looked it up, and this is the most used Greek word for laughter in the Bible. And this, this translation of laughter in the Greek is actually, it's to make a mockery. It's laughing, not, ah, ha, ha, I'm so happy. It's like, ha, ha, look at you. And you know why God laughs? It's because Satan is so far under our feet. And so when people come against you, the anointed ones, the little Christ and the anointed ones, when people are coming against you, God is literally sitting in the heavens and going, ha, that's hilarious. The devil thinks that he still has his way here. That's hilarious. And so it says, then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his burning anger. I've installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. And so, you know, really these verses about if God be for me, who can be against me? It's not just a cute Bible verse to put on your wallpaper of your phone. It's the truth, right, Kathy? (laughs) And so it's really true. If God is for you, who can be against you? Now, you may be thinking, too, even in this sense, God's sitting in the heavens laughing, but I'm having a hard time. 
What am I supposed to do about it? Well, the answer is to be like God, the king of the earth. And I'm going to tell you something. It's not just, ha ha, oh, I got the answer to my prayer. That's it. That's all I had to do. Because you can laugh and it not be from the Holy Ghost. You have to be so full of the Holy Ghost and laugh without fear of the future. It didn't say to just laugh just because something's funny. That doesn't do it. You know, even people of the world, I see a lot of laughter, but really on the inside, and Proverbs talks about this, people on the outside, they have such a happy expression, but on the inside, they're hurting and broken. So it's not that. It's definitely not that, because Proverbs tells us that it's not that. But to laugh without fear of the future, meaning that you know on the inside of you that God is still on the throne, and he'll push you through, no matter what comes your way. Amen? And so... You know, really, laughter, it's, um, it's a funny thing to me because I, I see a lot of people, you know, I think I told y'all, I do catering on the side. And so I'm around a lot of people that are so, you know, they've got all kinds of troubles every night after work, you know, oh, let's go to Patty's, let's go to the club, you know. And somebody invited my mom to the club. I'm like, what? <laughs> I I looked at him and I said, dude, I said, she's like 50. Why are you inviting a 50-year-old woman to the club? I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, she's just just like so cool, whatever. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) That's, I mean, even if I was in the world, that's just weird, you know, like a 20-year-old guy that I'm, you know, work with inviting a 50-year-old woman to the club. So weird. Anyway, if he listens to this, the Lord will set him free. <laughs> but <laughs> glory to God. Um, but I mean, literally, it's so crazy how the world, you know, they have to have all these things to be happy. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's sad. And even people of the world that have lots of money, you know, and they seem so well esteemed, well, they have to find other ways to find happiness, even if they're not out in the club, you know, they have to attend all of these charity galas and give X amount of money just so that people can view them the right way and they can please their friends and look how good of a person I am. But that's really not what it's about. And they still have all of these struggles. I know so many people that have so much money and they have so much hurt in their life. And that doesn't mean that there's something against money. It means that they don't have the joy of the Lord on the inside of them. And we know what the joy of the Lord is. It comes from the inside. Nothing from the outside world can give it to them. I mean, I knew doctors, they, you know, close family friends, and they had so much money, but all of their sons on drugs, alcohol, um, social recluses, you know, just terrible. And it's so sad. But, you know, with all of these things that happen in their life, they're so downcast. It's, it's saddening, really. So I want to talk to you about someone today also. You can just write down Genesis 18, um, but we're not going to go there because I'm just going to talk about her. Little Miss Sarah from the Bible. <laughs> you know, so often in church, and my grandma's in here today, we talk about um, this every now and again, you know, because you'll hear someone preaching and they're like, Sarah was such a woman of God. You know, she laughed. What a woman of God, Sarah, in the Bible, Abraham and Sarah, you know, which I believe later on she turned it around because, of course, the Lord rebuked her in this. But, you know, when when Abraham and Sarah, when they were going to have this child, Isaac, 
Um, the Lord told her that. And then you know what she did? The Bible says that she laughed to herself. Yeah. It didn't say she laughed in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. It didn't say that she laughed with the joy of the Lord, but she laughed to herself. And really, essentially, she kind of ridiculed the Lord when she did this. So when I'm talking about laughter today, I want to tell you something. It's not just, oh, well, the Lord says that this can happen. That's crazy. Ha <laughs> ha. That's not what it is. It's a laughter full of faith because that can get you to the other side of what's going on. And, um, you know, these past few weeks, we've had a good time talking about, you know, praise, fear of the Lord, and his presence is the fullness of joy. And so really, without that place of the fear of the Lord, without that true place of reverence to God, your laughter is not going to do anything for you at all. I mean, really. And of course, there's times when you have to, you have to put on the garment of praise because it's the only thing you have. And I think I told you all this, but, you know, your praise, it's the bridge between your believing and receiving. So while you're waiting, while you're in the waiting of this thing to come to pass, you know in faith that God already did it for you. So what do you do? You praise the Lord. You don't just stay on your knees, oh, Lord, please heal, please heal me right now. I'm struggling. And of course, you know, the Lord has mercy on you. That's not what I'm talking about. But when, as soon as you rebuke the devil, you say, devil, get off of me, Jesus' name. Jesus already died on the cross for me. You know, then you can lift up your hands and just start thanking God because it's already done. The battle is already won. And so just sitting on your knees is not going to do anything for you because God already did it. He's looking at you and going, what, am I, what do you want me to do? But I mean, when you praise and you put the word of God in your mouth, like we talked about last week, the angels... The angels start to go out on the voice of his word. The Bible says that, that they obey the voice of his word. So when you put God's word in, in your mouth, the angels go out on assignment and they go out and carry out exactly what you said. So it's important how you do this. You don't just pray to God, God, I need you to heal me right now. And then the next week you're saying, oh, this is terrible. Oh, no, I feel so sick. Oh, no. And you know what, too? A lot of people, and this is just me getting off on something else real quick, if I might. A lot of people, they come in and they go, it's not about the way you feel. Press through. And it's not. It's really not about the way you feel. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So we don't go by the way that it feels. But let me tell you something. When you get so, so into the very presence of God, when you're in the presence of God and you walk hand in hand with him, you can't just not feel something. I mean, you don't go with what the world does to you and how you feel about that. But when you walk hand in hand with God, I mean, joy just bubbles up in your soul. And there's no way that you can't just not feel anything. And so to say that's ridiculous because, I mean, we talked about this the other day too, that, you know, when you're so full of joy, happiness is something that's fleeting. But when you're full of joy, happiness is something that comes because you have joy on the inside, and it's just a direct result. Amen. See, you can't just walk around full of joy and, oh, oh, another day, another day, I have to go through this. No, you're so joyful. Lord, I'm excited to be alive today. I mean, you just start counting your blessings. I hear that saying a lot, and that's a good thing. Count your blessings. What has the Lord already done? All right, let's look at that. And you can use that when you're standing for your healing. 
what has the Lord already done? He's already healed me. He's already saved me. He's already delivered me. And so I already have my salvation, and everything is wrapped up in my salvation. And so, all right, let's go to John chapter 7, verse 38. John chapter 7. Actually, I'm going to start on verse 37. So, let's go. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And what is that? That's the Holy Ghost. Clearly, we know that. You know, living waters on the inside of you, that's the Holy Ghost. And so it says, by this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believe in him would receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet giving, but because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now clearly we're after this point, because Jesus has already gone to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God. And we now have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. But it says that he shall flow rivers of living water on the inside of you. And so these rivers of living water, they're not just, oh, oh, I'm so happy. Nothing's real. Um, <laughs> let me get away from that for a second. Jesus, you know, when Jesus was in the boat with his disciples and the ship's going down, you know, they're all in terror. Oh, Lord, why are you sleeping? This boat's about to sink. And Jesus is sleeping. I believe Jesus was able to sleep because he prayed when no one else prayed. He was a man who went away on other times. He got alone with God. Yeah. See, he abided in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. He abided in the presence of the Lord. So he got away and spent time with his heavenly father so that he prayed when no one else prayed so that he could rest when no one else was able to rest. Amen. Amen. And so that can happen to you as well. But he was so at peace with his God and knew that his God would take care of his need, that he just laid down and rested. And sometimes I use that as an excuse to nap. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I mean, look at that. Look at the God, you know, the God, the Jesus who saved our souls. And he just lays down and rests when everything's going crazy. What an example. And so if you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, which we know that Jesus did, he ascended down like a dove, not that he is a dove. But he had the Holy Ghost on the inside of him, which enabled him to be at rest. We saw this in other passages of the Bible. King asked his nation, when he obeyed the voice of God, when he honored the presence of the Lord, the nation was at rest. King David, when he honored the presence of the Lord, the nation stayed at rest. This is a common pattern. And so you can stay at rest. Even in the face of adversity, when things are going wrong, God can keep you at rest. Amen? Amen. All right. And so let's just, let's just do this. Why not? Acts chapter 2. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it to you. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. The Holy Ghost... He doesn't just come on the inside of you and just stay there dormant. He doesn't just lie there dormant. 
That's if you allow him to just lie there dormant. But if you allow him to do much more, he can fill your entire house. He can fill wherever you go because he's so big on the inside of you. And this is scriptural. He filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues as of fire being distributed and resting on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And we know, obviously, we talk about tongues a bit in this church. But if you say that tongues is not for today, they were all filled. So you can't say that. They were all filled. And so they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Now dwelling in Jerusalem were Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were confounded because each man heard them speaking in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to each other, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own native language? I'm going to skip down that because I don't want to read all of it. All right. Arabs, da-da-da. All right. (laughs) We hear them speaking in our own languages, the mighty works of God. See, when you're full of the Holy Ghost, there are things that the Lord will do in you that people will look at it and say, that had to be God. Even sinners can look at you and go, that had to be God on that person because there is no natural means for that to even happen. It's not just that God is just going to bless you just to a point to where it looks like, oh, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. They're, you know, I guess they're doing fine in life, you know. No, we serve an exceeding abundant God. You know, exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think or imagine. That's the kind of God that I serve. And so there comes such a power with the God that I serve. I don't know about you. But anyway, so they say this. Others mocking, saying, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, let's stop for a minute. Peter. That man, Peter, oh, wow, what happened to Peter? He was such a wimp, (laughs) if that's really a good word to even describe him. Peter was such a, I guess you could call him a horrible person (laughs) before Jesus died on the cross. I mean, so many things. He loved God, but he did so many things against what the word said. You know, Jesus even told him, you're going to deny me. And he's like, no, God, I would never do that, God. You know, that's not me. And so, obviously, we all know that he denied Jesus. And so many other things. He just made a lot of mistakes, unfortunately. Peter did. But when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, that's when everything changed. This man who was a timid, you know, he he couldn't do anything right. I mean, if I denied Jesus, I'd be pretty scared to say anything at that point. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I told Jesus that I wouldn't deny him. And I, I literally, in front of all these people, and then I heard that rooster, well, that's, <laughs> that's not too good. You know what I mean? But even though he denied Jesus, after Jesus died on the cross, when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, we see a whole new Peter. He's not, he's not within himself. He's not scared or timid, but he suddenly becomes bold. This boldness rises up in him. And so he says this, Men of Judea and all you who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words. Imagine Peter. Wow, the nerve that he must have. 
after denying the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, now you all listen to me. And these people are mocking him. Wow. He said, let this be known to you and listen to my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is the third hour of the day. He said, we haven't been drinking bottomless mimosas at brunch. But <laughs> that, I find that so funny. But <laughs> so he said, we haven't been drinking all day, but this is the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost is not just, he's not just, ha ha. I mean, when you get so full of the joy of the Holy Ghost, it overflows. Yeah. And we've talked about this in kids' church. You know, my favorite little object lesson that I do, I don't know, maybe once or twice a year even, is every time we talk about the Holy Ghost, and Pastor Jeannie knows this, um, you know, I get, I get me a little cup, and I get some water, and then I put a container under it so that nothing falls all over the table and all over the class. Although I'm not the best at containing my messes in there. You know, I've, like, destroyed a watermelon with a hammer before. The things we do for these kids. <laughs> But anyway, you know, I get, I get my little cup, and I get some water, and I pour it in, and I go, this is you. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. And then that cup becomes level, and I go, all right, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. That's awesome. But then when you start speaking in tongues, then I pour more water, and that water just starts to overflow. And really, what I'm trying to display to the kids in this object lesson is, you know, when you start to get filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, you can reach a point where you're just topped off. That's great for you. Good for you. That's awesome. But if you really want the Holy Ghost to affect every single part of your life, you've got to keep, keep on keeping on. You've got to keep praying in the Holy Ghost. Because as soon as you do that, an overflow comes. And once that overflow comes, it can hit every part of your life. Amen? And it can, I mean, that's why those people got so drunk. Because how many of you know you can't get drunk off of one beer? Oh, some people can, but they don't have a high tolerance. Well, I happen to have a high tolerance for the Holy Ghost. So I can't get drunk just by saying one little prayer for two minutes. And that's it. That's it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. No. The more that I keep being filled, then I start to overflow. The more I pray in the Holy Ghost, the more it's just like, whoa, praise the Lord. And it just starts to overflow. You know, maybe I'm on my eighth or tenth drink in the morning, but it's fabulous. And then people are like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. Talk to the Lord about that one. <laughs> That's his fault. <laughs> but I mean, praise the Lord. You can get so full of the Holy Ghost, but it's up to you. We talk about the presence of the Lord. There's fullness of joy. How full you get is up to you. It's not up to anyone else. I can't tell you that I'm going to lay my hand on you and then keep you full for the rest of the day. Amen. That can't happen. I mean, even I love it that we lay hands on people in this church. We have the anointing so heavily in this church. But, I mean, you can wake up drunk in the Holy Ghost every day yeah. if, if you would press in. But it's your choice. You know, we talk about these people that were so full of faith. You know, you got Catherine Kuhlman. Uh, Benny Hinn, I mean, he could throw his jacket on people and they're healed. That's cool. Um, Smith Wigglesworth, you know, all these people. But they had to do something. They had to make some kind of sacrifice of their time to, just to abide in the very presence of God. Um, I'm going to read you a scripture real quick. This was not in my notes. But amen, even when, you're, even when you do anything, the Holy Ghost can show you where to go. Um, and really, even, you know, I had a couple people in, in Bible school when I was in Bible school. They're like, you just preached off of a sticky note? 
And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I literally, I just write down my scriptures and go, and that's it. I'm just like, all right, let's go, Holy Ghost. But <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't need to write down every single word I'm going to say because it's the Holy Ghost speaking through me. And because I've already spent time with him, it's just overflow out of my time with him. And so I, didn't, I don't really even have to dig for notes for my sermon because I just go, all right, you know, what are we going to do today? And I got laughter 101, and I was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I just start flipping through the word, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And I start writing things down, and that's it. I mean, 10 minutes. But, you know, the Holy Ghost, it's really about your time with him. Yeah. The more time that you spend with him, the more people see him in you. Yeah. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm just going to read it to you. Brothers, when I came to you, I did not come with superiority of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. And so this is talking about the Holy Ghost again. The Holy Ghost, I mean, there are things that you could say that could please so many people, you know, even we quote people to this day, old people back in history about the founding of America, and we have all these quotes of people that they had great speeches. Yeah. Well, that's great that they could speak such great words, but there's something that my God can do that's much greater than that. I mean, my God, when I lay hands on the sick, they recover. And I doubt that people back in history that had all these great quotes, some of them did walk with God, but the ones who did it, even though, I mean, Confucius, the great Confucius, that I opened my Chinese fortune cookie and I read a nice little Confucius quote and I'm like, that's nice, thank you, sir. <laughs> but I mean, Confucius can't lay hands on the sick and they recover. Confucius can't rebuke devils and they flee. But we don't rejoice in this, we rejoice that our names are written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, amen? And so I'm so excited about that. But when you rejoice in that thing and that God saved my soul, you know, the power that comes from your testimony is so great. And so it's not about all of the things that you could say, but it's about the power of the Holy Ghost. So when you open up your mouth, you don't even think about impressing people. You just think about God is great. And so when you meditate on that, there comes such a praise from you. Amen? Amen. And so it says, so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so I'm telling you today, even when I'm talking about laughter, when I'm talking about praise, when I'm talking about joy, I'm not up here trying to get you all to say, oh, you did such a great job today, sweetie. (laughs) That's not what I want to hear. I want you to say how much your life has been changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Because if I'm up here for myself, why am I even here? There's no point to it. But because I stand in faith in the power of God, there comes such a powerful thing out of that. I mean, your whole life can be transformed. And it's not because of me. It's because you're in your own seat. You're having an encounter with God because you chose to. But it's up to you. I don't need to come lay hands on you for you to have an encounter with God in your seat. I don't need to lay hands on you for you to get so drunk in the Holy Ghost because all you have to do is sing praises to God. Amen? All right. So anyway, (laughs) Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. 
Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Oh, you know what, y'all? I wrote down the wrong verse, but I'm going to quote it to you. (laughs) Don't go there. (laughs) The kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And so why am I quoting this to you? Because like I said earlier today, you know, Satan is so violent. He is so out to get you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants it to end in divorce. He wants you to be in poverty. He wants you to be in lack. And ultimately, he wants to kill you. Notice that even in John 10.10, that's the exact order that he does it. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. That's exactly Satan's tactic, and he's been doing it for years. He's not sly. However, we begin to yield to him in the little things, like we talked about the other day, about the fear of God. You know, even how when they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant in, they thought that they could put it on a cart and disobeyed a very, very small command that the Lord gave. Well, it might not have been the Ten Commandments, but they sure didn't obey it. And so even the little leadings of the Holy Ghost, talk to this person, talk to that person. Well, I'm, you know, they're, they're not going to like it. Oh, man, they're, you know, they're not going to like me after this. They're not going to want to talk to me. Who cares? It's about what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. I mean, yesterday I was, I was out at this football game. Um, I was with my mom. And I was like, oh, man, we really could have gone to this game for free. (laughs) But walking back, you know, it was, I believe it was like FAMU versus Bethune. And so we had to work a VIP event. And so we were walking back, and people are doing their tailgate parties. And there's so many people walking around, you know, listening to horrible music. There were these guys. I mean, you would have thought this was something out of a movie. They had some sign that was like, Jesus Christ isn't real, da-da-da. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is this? But I looked at my mom, and I was like, oh, man, I wish we didn't have to bring these people home because I, I would love to evangelize right now. That would be fun. But, I mean, people are so broken. But look at how, how furious Satan is at the work of God that there would be people standing in the streets preaching about Jesus Christ isn't real, Jesus Christ is dead, da-da-da. They had something about the 12 tribes of Judah. I don't know what they were accusing that about. I was like, what in the world? (laughs) They had some goofy-looking green shirts with, like, purple fringe. I was like, what is this about burning incense? I'm like, oh, my God. But Satan, he is so furious at the work of God. And you know what? I hear people say often, well, you know why God attacked that person is because God's plan on their life is so big. Well, let me tell you something. Satan attacks everyone because God's plan on everyone's life is so big. And so I kind of despise when people say that. Although it's comforting, well, Satan's only attacking you because he has a great plan for your life. Well, he does. Jesus does have a great plan for your life. But you can stop him right where you're at. You can put Satan to a dead halt by praising God. Because the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. But let me tell you something. If Satan's going to be violent and try to attack my life, I'm going to violently praise. I'm going to say, well, Jesus is still on the throne. I don't care. I I can look the devil in the face. And I'm going to tell you something. When I wake up in the morning, I believe the devil's scared of me at this point because I... My praise is so powerful. It's a weapon. We talked about this the other day. They put the praisers in the front of the battle. I mean, if if you didn't have a plan on your life, why would Satan try to attack you so hard? We're all anointed. We're all God's anointed. And he has a place for you to go. 
But Satan will try everything he can do just at those little leadings of God, just to say, oh, you know, you really, you really shouldn't do that. That person's not going to like it. Well, do you all think Peter gave a rip about what people thought when he stood up and said, these are not drunk as you suppose? He said, men, listen to me. I know I was a coward, but now I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And so also, also, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. We all know this to be true. But let me tell you something else. You're Jesus' brother and or sister. I mean, you're a child of God. And so when, when God sees you, he sees Jesus. He sees the blood of Jesus. So if Jesus is not just now a lamb, he was the sacrifice. He was the lamb. But he's coming back as the lion. And we know that. But I want to tell you something. You are also a lion because you have the very nature of Christ. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So if Jesus is in you, you can have such a boldness in the face of the enemy. And so see, when you laugh, it's not just a place of, oh, ha, ha, you know, God's God's going to take care of me. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. But it's no. It's out of a place of boldness. It's out of a place of courage. Wow, God supplies all of my needs. Satan, I don't care what you're going to do, but my God is going to supply my needs, and I stand on the word of God. Let the word of God be true, and every man be a liar, a liar. So if God can sit in the heavens and laugh, just like we read in Psalm chapter 2, verse 4, then so can you, because you have the nature of God. You're made in his image. And not only can you laugh, but you can laugh even out of a place of mockery to the devil because that is what that word laugh was translated to. When you dig in, it says that it's mockery. That's what that word is when it says that, that God sits in the heavens and he laughs when the devil comes against his anointed ones. So ha ha, devil, you could do whatever you want, but you can't come against me. I'm God's anointed. Amen? Ha ha. So let's see here. Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. Oh, my pages are stuck together. (laughs) All right. Isaiah chapter 61. All right. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Sound familiar? Luke chapter 4. It's what Jesus quoted when he was filled with the Holy Ghost. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. You know who else the spirit of the Lord is upon is he's upon you. Because you have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So take this for you. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are blind. Now, let me tell you something, too. You can't preach about liberty if you don't know it for yourself. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Just like we were talking about the Holy Ghost. I mean, you can be as free as you want to. You can obey God as much as you want to. But I'm telling you, the more that you obey God and you spend time in his presence, it's not just a book of rules. That's not what the Bible is. But it's a book telling you how God wants you to prosper so much. He wants you to have all these things that if you would lean in to what God is telling you to do, to the little things that God shows you to do to the leadings of the Lord, and you have such a fear of God on the inside of you, not scared fear of God, but a respect. 
such a respect for God that I don't want to go against his word because I know that he has the best plan for me. And so when you have that inside of you, you can see that liberty because, you know, you're slave to whatever you obey. So if you want to obey the devil, then you're slave to him. Or if you want to obey God, you're slave to him. It doesn't matter. But to be with God, I mean, you walk in freedom. So that's important. So it says, the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn, to preserve those who mourn in Zion, to give to them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. What is the oil of joy? And why? Why does it replace mourning? Let me tell you something. You can't be in joy and mourning at the same time. It's not possible. You have to lay it down. You can't hang on to it. And so God will replace that for you. Let's read what else it says. Hallelujah. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You can choose however heavy you want to be. The things of this life, they hurt, man. There's things that will weigh you down. Even when you wake up in the morning, you might be tired. You might feel, oh, another day. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And you may be going through something that's very challenging. It's true. And that's not something that we're just neglecting. However, you can take off that spirit of heaviness and get the, the garment of joy. I mean, and it's not just that, oh, I don't, I don't feel like it. I don't need to do that. Of course, I told you that that feeling comes after you get out of the presence of God. I mean, you can really feel the joy of the Lord on the inside of you. But you start now. You don't wait until you have that feeling of, oh, I got to jump out of my chair and jump around and dance. No, it's all about, God, you're in the throne. Praise God. You know, I know that the devil cannot attack me or my family because I know that I walk so hand in hand with God that the devil is scared of me. Praise God. Ha ha, devil. Your plan's not going to work. You can laugh at the devil. Psalm chapter 126. My personal favorite. Amen. (laughs) I love this. I love this. Psalm chapter 126. When the Lord restored the captives of Zion, you know, the Lord has restored you as well. Because if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, then you once were bound. You once were on your way to hell. But Jesus gave you such a freedom when he died on the cross and you accepted him as Lord that now you can go to heaven. But not only that, but you can walk in the fullness of everything that God has for you. Not in depression, not in lack but in joy and happiness and peace. I mean, there's so many things that God offers for you. But the Lord restored your captivity as well. It says, we were like those who dream. Well, you're just too happy for what's going on. How are you not taking this seriously? This is a serious matter. Well, ha ha. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like them that dream. I'm like them that dream. I don't care what the devil's doing because I see what God has for me. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, ha ha, and our tongue with singing. Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Let me tell you something. When God has done such a great thing for you, when God has restored your captivity, another translation says, when God turned our captivity again, it says you completely got out of it. 
You completely got out of the captivity. Our mouths were filled with laughter. We were like those who dream and our tongues with singing. There's something so great about what God has done that you can look at the devil and say, ha, you can't have me. God turned my captivity again. Praise Jesus. Then they said among the nations, the nations, the whole nations, they looked at these people and said, what has happened to them? And I believe this is true for you too. When you begin to proclaim the things that God has done for you, people are going to say this. And let me tell you something too. These people were not saved. They were not saved. They did not believe in Jesus. But they looked at these people. Sinners will look at you and say this. Restore. Oh, sorry. (laughs) All right. They said, then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Sinners can look at your life and the fullness of God that you are experiencing in your life because you worship the one true God and you walk hand in hand in his presence. They will look at you and say, well, this is not something that the world could have done for them. This is not something that just uh, the taxpayers paid for. This is not something that they just earned at their job, but it had to be the Lord. God wants to do something so great for you that people will not be able to deny that it was God, even if they don't even believe in him. Praise God. I mean, I'm talking even atheists can look at you and say, well, that had to be God. There's no way. There's no way that could have happened, but it did. That's supernatural. And so it says, restore our captives, O Lord, at the streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. For every tear that you've sown, we're taking it back from the devil because the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. So for every tear that I have sown, I am reaping in joy. Amen? God, God is not going to allow you to stay down in the, in the dumps. That's not what you were meant for. You were meant to take off that spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. The garment of praise. And I mean, that spirit of heaviness will not stay on you when you decide to take it off. I'm telling you right now, because in a natural thing, it would. If I just said, oh, I don't want to be depressed anymore. Let me take this medicine. Temporary fix. Oh, I thought I got all my papers out of my Bible, (laughs) y'all. But that's a temporary fix. You know, I know so many people on medications for depression, for sorrow, all these things. And there's such an attack from Satan on even my generation personally. But every, every single person that's walking the earth right now, I believe now more than ever, there's such a lack in our society for joy. You know, there's so much sorrow, depression, pain, terrible things happening every day. But I'm telling you, you don't need all of those things. All you need is one touch from the Holy Ghost. And all you need is to get full and then filled again. You don't need to just, oh, Lord, I asked you into my heart, and that's all I'm going to do with it. No, no. Be filled with the Holy Ghost, and then keep yourself filled. It doesn't matter when you were last filled with the Holy Ghost. It matters when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a continuous thing. It's not just one day. It's not just going to church one day, and oh, I'm good. Because every day, things happen in our lives. But when you use this as your weapon, the garment of praise, it's so powerful. It says, he he who goes forth and weeps, bearing precious seed to sow, shall come home again with rejoicing, bringing his grain sheaves with him. 
And so Jesus wants you to prosper. There's nothing that the devil can do to stop you. And so, you know, there's something about lifting up a shout to the Lord. And I'm not trying to get all worked up over here. Let me have a drink of my my Alani. Praise Jesus. (laughs) That was sponsored by Alani there. Um, (laughs) But I mean, there is something so powerful about shouting unto God. I remember, you know, I've been in the car a couple of times. And I'm sure people have thought that I was absolutely crazy. Because, you know, things have happened in my life. And, um, you know, sometimes I'd find myself, oh, I'm kind of down right now. I'm not feeling it today. I feel kind of depressed. You know, even like, you know, as a female, we, we get so worked up and cry a lot. I mean, I've cried a lot <laughs> about random things. And so I'd catch myself getting this way. And then I just, I would be driving my car and I'd go, Thank you, Jesus. And I mean, it was just not that I'm trying to look crazy, but I'm like, David, I don't care if I'm undignified. If Satan is trying everything to keep me down, if, I, if he's trying to make me cry, and I don't even know what I'm crying about, I mean, what a bad devil. And so I take this. I take it by force. I, ta- I take back everything that the devil tried to steal from me. And I go, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is Lord. I just start praising because I know that my God is on the throne. And so I can sit and laugh at the devil. Ha, ha, ha. Devil, you tried to take me out. Ha, ha. I mean, I remember even, you know, we laugh about this now. But, I mean, being very real with you, I told my mom this story. You know, I kind of, I went through a lot as I was like a teenager. And so I became suicidal. Um, And so at that point, I was like, oh, man, you know, I bet if I die, no one will care. And that, that's a very demonic thing, you know. You talk about the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Satan was trying to take my very life by planting these thoughts in my head, and I yielded to them because I didn't know better. However, as I thought this, I thought, I'm going to go in the shower and pretend that I drowned just to see if anyone wants to come save me. So, you know, here I go, I'm in the shower, and I make this whole scene, and I'm like, I'm like drowning. But y'all know when somebody's drowning, you really can't hear them. <laughs> so I'm in the shower, and I'm like, <laughs> and nobody saved me. I was like, oh, my gosh. Nobody cares. It's true. But nobody could even hear me. <laughs> so this was so funny. But now I can laugh at it because I see that God has brought me so far out of that, right? But, I mean, if Satan, Satan doesn't want to just take, you know, your dog. He doesn't want to just give your dog cancer and then your dog die. He wants to take your very life. But you don't have to allow him to do that. See, now I can laugh at that and go, ha ha, devil, you really tried to take me out. Because, I mean, look at the plan that God has for my life. Look at all of the lives that God wants me to save. All of the people that he wants me to tell them the gospel. And Satan wants to take me out. Ha, it doesn't work. I'm going to read that verse one more time. Y'all don't have to turn. I'm just going to read it to you. little story time. (laughs) Yes, thank you for the laughter. Appreciate that. Hope it wasn't mockery. (laughs) Psalm chapter 2, verses 4. He who sits in the heaven laughs. Somebody say, ha, ha. Ha, ha. He who sits in the heaven laughs. You can be like God and laugh at the plan of the enemy. He who sits in the heaven laughs. The Lord ridicules them. Let's read again what he said about what was happening. 
Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. People that want to destroy you, they just simply can't do it. Let us tear off their bonds and cast away their ropes from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Ha ha. I want you to look at whatever situation is going on in your life and just laugh at the devil for a minute. Ha ha ha. I'm telling you, I can't do that for you, but you can do it for yourself. Ha ha ha. Devil, you can't have me. Ha ha. I mean, you might have children that are far away. You might have things going on, financial issues, whatever it may be. Ha ha. And I mean, any time that you begin to take off that spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise, God is going to do something so supernatural for you that you cannot do for yourself. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and take up offering. Oh, and it's already 9.50. Oh, Lord. All right. So if you have an offering, go ahead and bring it up. Praise Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Father, that because of everything that you have done for us, We don't have to look at the situation, but we can look, lift our eyes to where our help comes from. And we can look with such boldness and laugh in the face of the devil because of everything that you've done for us. I thank you, Father, that we don't just have to suffer from day to day, but that we have victory to victory. Thanks unto God who always causes us to triumph. We praise your holy name today. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.